Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello and welcome back to Bone Thrower's Theater for our one-shot edition of Swords Without Master. Uh, my name is Jeremy and I have been playing the character of Rindesh Tell. And I am Jordan and I am playing the Overmaster. I am Jeff and I am playing Randall Prouse. This is Johnny playing Minkus Furhaven. And previously on Swords Without Master Bone Throwers Theater. Oh, that's a lot to say. <laughs> um, the, we were just dealing with the perilous phase where the Blood Elves had been coming to meet their compatriots that you all caused to be thrown off the side. And so they were using magical pole vaults to cross the Gash of Sorrows. Now, in our play session, you all had to fight your way through. Minkus called for a giant pack of beasts, beasts to come and help the, you all. Rindesh discovered that his hammer, Blood Puller, was actually becoming easier to use whenever it came in contact with Blood Elf blood, not to be redundant. And Randall actually found... Captured the magic of a Blood Elf. Well, I did, but that's n- not what... He was about to say. He was about to talk about. <laughs> I know, but uh, he found one of the elements needed. Or the time of a child's, a child's last, last kiss. kiss. More importantly, he captured the magic of a blood elf, which is what we were after. <laughs> I, I thought you were um, after relics. A specific yeah. blood elf relics. Anyway, we were going to go ahead and go into a, a, the discovery phase. So I'm going to go ahead and roll to set the overtone. Overtone is going to be jovial. So there is now a titanic clash between the the forest animals of Animor and the blood elves of the tree kingdoms beyond the Gash of Sorrows. Tidal waves of animals are just sweeping down and trampling the blood elves underfoot. Frogs licking eyes, deers poking butts, wolves biting ankles. All sorts of unnatural things are happening. (laughs) As you all are watching the final members of the party be swept into the gash of sorrows, the sun begins to set. And the three moons, the three moons perilous begin to appear in the sky. Yes, the moon pair, the moon L, and the moon S. Ha ha. As they do, the temperature begins to drop significantly. Uh, and the air actually mixing with this, the fetid smell of sulfur that is emerging from the gash of sorrow you also begin to smell the coppery tones of blood from the elves that have fallen to their doom. I'm going to do something. Well, this is the discovery phase. Oh. And do anything. 
I will allow you to ask a question, though. Let me go ahead and give you the thunder. You know that if you fall asleep, the blood elves will be able to come across. More blood elves would be able to come across while you are not, while you are unconscious. And one of the most famous spells of the blood elves is a spell that will make any in a party fall asleep. All members of a party fall asleep, even those who have been designated for watch. You have a moment of respite, but you know that if you take advantage of that, then more doom could fall upon you. Okay. So roll your dice. Jovial. I notice a soft glow coming from a nest in a tree nearby that I know could only be the soft glow of a white feather. So you're saying that a snow white raven... It could potentially be. That's his question. My question is, is that the nest of a snow white raven? If it is the nest of a snow white raven, then you will need to answer three questions that it has for you before it will be willing to to even entertain your requests. All right. So those go back to you, right? No. 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 They go go to another player. Now, remember that, oh, this is something that we talked about before the game. We can always do the ritual that is in front of you where you can share the dice between the two of you. I don't know if that would really work, work in a discovery. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that, that's great in a, a rogue or perilous phase. A pair of fours. pair of fours. So it switches. Yep, yeah, it goes to Glom. Mm-hmm. Alright, well I know mm-hmm. that many of my animal friends perish during this battle. And it makes my heart sad. But many more escape back into the woods. So, my question is... How many of the forest beasts stuck around near our camp instead of retreating back into the woods? Because you are stymied, you cannot really see how many animals stuck around. There is something that is pulling Paul Warren's attention away from you. And it actually is making you feel quite unsettled. Are we still continuing? We are continuing. Ooh, glum. Oh. Something that I obviously know is that my hammer reacts to blood elf. Blood and magic. The question would be, what was the magic actually doing to the hammer when it started to turn? When it started to turn during the fight? Like when it was going faster? Uh, No, when I touched the... When it was twisting on the haft. It was the tension of being within two different time streams that was causing it to, to like, to twist. Like, it was like being put within a twerk. Are we still continuing? We are. Okay. We got to pass back to Johnny. All right. It's glum. Again. Mm. <sighs> Minkus knows that there is a, a glen in the forest not too terribly far away from the edge. Of this gash, but it's far enough away that you cannot see the gash from it. So you think you will be safe there? Yes. Okay. That's my question is, it's a two-part question is, how long would it take for us to travel to that glen, and will we be safe there? 
you would be as safe as you could possibly be in a wild and dangerous forest. Well, the wild and dangerous forest part doesn't bother me. That's where I live, so. Right. As far as you know, there are no more blood elves on this side of the forest. Okay. It won't take you long to travel there. Only about... Five days. Oh, I was going to say only about, like, 90 minutes. Okay. Full dark would be upon us by then. Yes. But at least you have a lantern to guide your way. We do. We are going to end this phase there. Motif. Yes. It's hard to do motifs for discovery rounds. It is. Do you want to go ahead and just skip the motif for this part? And then we can move on to another section, another phase? Sure, if we think of one, we can always go back and write it. I don't necessarily think that you have to have a motif for every phase. No, yeah. but the motifs do bring about the end of the game. That's right. How many motifs do we need to bring out? Uh, the end nine. Of nine? Nine. So this would be six. Yeah, okay. We, yeah. we are going to go ahead and move into a, the rogues phase. Rogues phase. I have the dice, and I'm going to hand them off to a specific player to go ahead and make demand. A demand. Make a demand. So at this point, you all have Harley, and you determine that you want to go ahead and go to that clearing and rest safely for the night. Yes. I rolled a five on the glum die and a one on the jovial die. So we are going to continue on with the glum. It's a sad field. Yeah. As it grows darker, the chances of speaking to the raven and getting a feather decrease. Now, you don't necessarily have to talk to the raven. You could always try and steal a feather. Well, if we haven't gone all the way into the to the glade yet, which is a, way, a little ways in, mm-hmm. then I would like to try and talk to the bird before before going over there. Okay. I would like to go ahead and see you climb the tree to get to the Snow White Raven's nest. This tree is... Full athletics. 80, <laughs> 85 feet tall, and this nest is about 75 feet from the ground. Dude, that's a tall tree. That and is a tall tree. You, you got some good eyes to spot a raven's nest. Well, like I said, it was a soft glow. There was magic involved. Yes, but you can only see it when the three moons start to rise. <laughs> Jovial! Super dude. You were happily climbing a tree. I climb a tree. Describe how you do that. Well, I grab hold of the base and sort of work my way up to the lowest branch and then climb on top of that and start looking for perches where I can climb between branches whenever possible. And when not possible, I hold on to the to the heart of the tree and, and work my way up that way. Okay. Uh, it does take some doing because it seems that the tree is enchanted. And... It would be. <laughs> and it's like trying to hold on to a giant wet condensation covered glass all right i guess i worked my way up then okay now you get to hand the dice to a new rogue player 
making a specific demand. Or back to the or overseer back. to make a demand of him. I request... Rogues don't request. Rogues demand. Well, demand, demand that I be asked the three questions in order to obtain a feather. What is your name? What is your quest? The raven has fallen asleep for the evening, and it pulls its head out from underneath its wing to start plucking it. Hey, you, wake up, bird. And it blinks blearily at you. And so you're just, like, poking the bird, like, going, wake up, wake up, wake up. Well, if... You're there, you yanks a bird, yanks a feather and jumps down. If it's asleep, then I'm just going to grab whatever, whatever loose feathers there are. Its nest is surprisingly tidy. <laughs> there seems to be a dead mouse. We would save for later, but yeah, leftovers. It went out for Chinese. <laughs> is a <your> dead cat? <laughs> yeah, I'll keep trying to wake the bird. Okay. Because I don't want to just yank a feather off of it. So the bird awakens, and it looks at you bleary-eyed, and says. What are you doing in my tree? I'm here to gather a feather. A snow white feather from a snow white raven. So the raven says, Three questions I must ask you, and truly you must answer. All right. And then if, if I deem the metal of your response to be pure and true then I will grant you your wish so I can get back to sleep. <laughs> Fair enough. The answers are Master Willis. <laughs> if you had to give your lantern up for one true thing, what would it be? For one true thing? I would give it up for my life hmm. were I to lose it. Hmm. If you were to protect only one of your compatriots, who would you choose and why? I would choose Rendesh because of the power he wields in his hammer. I was going to say Shadow. <laughs> of course you would say Shadow. <laughs> he doesn't talk as much. Why did you feel the need to destroy your village? Because they sought to take away what I have made. Those answers are as true as you can make them. And it, it reaches down to its wing and it plucks a long quill that is pure snow white and it hands it to you. Thank you very much. Now go away. I'm on my way. Tucks it into where it's most safe and starts climbing down the tree. All right. I am going to go ahead and pass the dice to Rindesh. And I'm going to ask how you respond when you find Shadow's corpse. Ah! Jovial! <laughs> you can use your heroic feet. Ooh. Gosh. Doesn't really fit. As Johnny said, you can change your tone by using a feet. Right. That's what I'm saying. Feet the doesn't feet fit doesn't on. really fit the situation. Oh, I see. So... Jovial. How am I jovial about that? Well, let's go ahead and look at what jovial can mean again. Doesn't necessarily be happy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean... Passionate, cacophonous, uh, hot, terrifying, painful, aggressive. 
those are some of the words that you can use as further definitions of jovial. You always got to kill the sidekick. Sidekicks were made to die. This isn't Munchkin. You already said so. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, digs a grave. Okay. But before he buries Shadow, has a small, like, wineskin pouch. And he drains some blood of Shadow. It says, we've been in many battles, and we will continue. You will give me strength. All right. I'll go ahead and pass it to you. All right. I'll trigger my hand. I want to see how you figure out what is troubling your totem so much. Paul Warren. Blum. Two and a one. Okay, so that means a, mis- a moral oh. is created. Mm-hmm. When you roll a moral, continue as you normally would, playing out your part in the phase in the tone that you rolled. Your rogue will do what your rogue will do, um, and then something unfortunate, unwanted, or horrible will result from your rogue's actions. Yeah. All right. As the rogue player, you weave this unintended consequence into your description. Uh, you can weave it in, but you do not have to. After the consequence is settled upon, the player who rolled the moral must now write a lesson. This is the thing that the rogue could have learned from the experience if they were so inclined to be taught. Okay, so after we get to the clearing in the woods, I go into a meditative trance Okay. to converse with Paul Warren, specifically ask him what is bothering him. And he grieves for the many lives that were lost this day. And partially because of his actions in ending those lives. Fair um, So what's the moral? Yeah, what is the moral there? So what's the consequence in that so I have to choose a lesson? Well, it sounds like the consequence is that he is more in tune to the natural world than you first thought. Right, so the lesson would be... Give him that one. Right, uh, let's see. Moral would be that... Uh, be careful how you say things, how things are phrased, and avoid putting those you care about in danger. Okay. Alright. So are we going in there, or are we... Feels like a natural place to end unless you have a question. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's the end of the rogues phase. So we're going to go ahead and say that you all sleep through the night safely. Um, we're going to go ahead and enter into a perilous phase. Alright. Oh, the tone is jovial. What's the thunder? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and use my trick. Okay. My omen as the thunder. Okay. Which I wrote down as luminescent rain begins to fall from the approaching storm clouds. Do they fall from the forest side or do they fall from the blood elf side? From the blood elf side. Luminescent rain falls from the blood elf sky. Just before dawn, I guess. Okay. So this rain begins to fall. It's this bioluminescent glow. You've seen this kind of shading before, like in a, uh, a cavern that has... Um, phosphorescent. Phosphorescent lichen, yeah. But it is a very unusual thing to see in a rain cloud. As it hits your hammer, it begins to sizzle, and it begins to stain the, the metal 
which was originally like a, a meteorite black, it begins to stain the metal this coppery green. So at this point, I will go ahead and give you the dice. Okay. Yeah, I'll go ahead and interrupt. Okay. Ooh, with Glum. Okay. Rindesh is going to go ahead and hide the hammer underneath his fur that he's wearing. Okay. Fur over the top of his leather armor. Okay. So he's going to hide that underneath. Okay. And then shout to the rest of the group, oh, we need to get out of this rain. Okay. Who are you going to pass the dice to? Jeff. So as the rain, as you are grasping the, the hammer to your boiled leather armor that you wear underneath your fur cloak, uh, you start to feel this unnatural heat through the leather on your bare skin. You start to feel the, the metal of the hammer pushing into your skin. If you would pull back your cloak and you look at your armor, you would see that it's eating a hole through your, the leather. Wow. Um, okay. Well, not holding it to it to have it eat through it anymore. <laughs> okay. As the rain is falling, you start to hear like a buzzing drone. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Glum. <laughs> oh, really quickly, we didn't write a motif for that last oh, one. Yeah. Do we want to do that? Yeah, sure. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Ping. It was a bit of a downer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a painful mo motif. This shadow died, and Lot's family died. And Randall had to almost choose who he would save. The risks of life. Yeah, that's a, not a bad way to... What are you willing to sacrifice would be another good way to phrase yeah. it. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Back to the buzzing. And you rolled a glum? Yeah, I rolled a glum. As this buzzing starts coming in, we... It sounds like it's... Where are we, where are we headed? I'm sorry. Well, we're in we the clearing. headed anywhere. They're just in the clearing? Yeah. I want to use my trick. What okay. The locusts. A vast field under a towering tree <gasps> that rises far into the clouds, shading a full mile of land. We okay. see that off in the distance. Okay. I think that that is our best hope for protection. Under that tree. So as you guys begin to go towards that, the locust, you see it looks like a ship flying through the air with beating wings, like a dragonfly. And you can see blood elves leaning over the edge of the ship. It looks like they have slings with giant rocks in them. And they begin just releasing, With propelling the ship. Can we tell? Wings like just like, like bird wings, giant dragonfly-like wings. Okay. As they are reaching towards you, they begin letting loose with these slings and hurling these uh, softball-sized stones towards you. And when they hit into the ground, then uh, these stones turn into magma and begin. Well, that's a one and a two. Oh, that's a mystery. Yeah. Was it a glum or drove you on this Glum. Okay. Uh, I thought mystery was the discovery phase. The moral. Oh, yes. Yes, that's correct. The other M. The other, other M. Anyway, focus. Magma rocks falling from the sky. Magma rocks falling from the sky. All right. Um, Blood elves chasing you in a 
and an ornithopter. Right. Uh, <laughs> a boat that goes like this. Yes. Quickly, we run into the forest. Okay. Towards the mighty tree. Towards the mighty tree. The tree will be our salvation. Says Love's Masters. <laughs> <laughs> not paying attention to which way. You're not paying attention to where you're going. Yeah, we're just, just trying to dodge the yes. flying projectiles. We're going the general direction of the tree, but we're not paying close enough attention to where we're going. Okay. In our haste, the three of us get separated. Okay. Pass the dice. And what would the lesson be? Watch where you're going. Yeah, pay attention to your surroundings so you don't lose your support. So, as you are running and you are, are getting separated, the first one to the clearing is Randall. And when Randall gets to the clearing, something that he was not expecting is there. Hanging from the tree in a giant like basket you can see what looks to be a blood elf settlement in the tree. Are you sure they're blood elves? They're not tree elves? The, tree, the blood elves live in trees. Yes, I know, but tree elves are different than blood elves, and tree, they're not as evil. So I rolled a uh, two twos. Oh. Again. That means that you are stymied. It was glum, now it flips to jovial. Whenever a tie is rolled, regardless of who rolled it, the overtone flips to the other tone, and everybody's tone shifts to this new tone. When a rogue player rolls a tie, that player stymies their rogue, and the overplayer marks this dramatic shift with an escalation. A stymie rogue is temporarily unable to accomplish what it is they were attempting. Each phase deals with this in slightly different ways, but for all phases, that rogue's player is the one that narrates the stymie and does not have to mean that the rogue fails outright. It can be but a setback, a tactical slip, or a momentary oversight. Should the rogue player wish it, it can be corrected. Though, if the rogue player prefers, it may be an undeniable failure. So what were you trying to do when you, what was, did you have in mind when you rolled the dice? Well, I was going to turn around and I was going to cause the uh, the ship's wings to bind up so that they would crash into the earth. Okay, so you are able to to turn around. You're able to start that, but you can go ahead and narrate it so that it doesn't quite go the way that you expected it to. Okay, so as I cast the magic, some of the wings on the ship start to bind, but then they break from their bindings and continue flying as normal, though it does cause smoke to rise up from the gears where they were binding. Okay. So it obstructs the slinger's views. It does cause it to cause the ship to drift as well. Okay. We are going to go ahead and stop at this point and we'll pick it up in the middle of this scene next time. Thank you for listening to Bone Growers Theater. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. 
If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater. And also you can look us up on Facebook and Google+. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.